It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be down at uh, Electric City Speedway May 12th, I think that is, Kirk. Is that right? May 12th? Well, that's already happened. May 12th was last Friday. It rained out. They rained out. May yeah. 20th. What is so the next? May the... 20th at Nevada Speedway. Next Saturday night is the next appearance of the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Nevada. Yeah, weren't you going to go down to Electric City Speedway on Friday night? The Lucas Hole, I, I, you know, old habits are hard uh, to don't, die. Don't, it's, don't, don't. It's ASCS don't pin National me down on. was supposed to be there don't the pin, other night. But, uh, hey, what is the date of that down. race? May 20th, next Saturday night at Nevada for the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. All right. Check it out. I'm going to Belleville next Saturday is where I'm headed. Are you going to Belleville? Yeah. Yeah. Silver Crown cars on the big legendary half mile and did, did you already get you a little track? Did you get you a motel room booked up? Not yet. You I'll might drive back. Kirk, you might have a hard time getting a, a motel room out there. Well, I'm gonna drive in. And I, drive I'm just out. telling you, you you probably are gonna have a hard time finding a motel room anywhere near that place. I'm not. I'm not even gonna try. I'm driving in on Saturday, and then after the races, I'm heading back home. So you're going to just be at Sweet Springs on Sunday night for the midgets on the 21st, right? Sunday night. So, Mm -hmm. no, I'm driving in for Saturday and uh, coming home right after the races. You know, we we were talking a little bit before we went on the air. And and listen, today we're going to have Chase Rodman on, Trenton Berry on talking about USMTS. And uh, we've got some sound bites from down there at Central Missouri Speedway with the Marvin Bank Late Model Series that raced down there this weekend, and we'll play some of that as well. Um, again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be down at Nevada on May 20th. So um, we want to make sure that you get down there and check them out. Um, I was down at CMS. Great show down there the other night. Well, good for you, Kirk. <laughs> good for you that, that you went to a race. It was a great finish. The Malvern Bank Late Model Series headlined the show. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Bill Layton Jr. holding off Jesse sobbing at the wire. And as you pointed out, we'll play some sound on that coming up during the show. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, So that was pretty good. How many cars did they have down they there? They had 23 super late models down there the other night. I thought maybe they might have more, but Friday night's event at US 36 Raceway got canceled. Right. And a lot of those guys are based out of Nebraska. Yeah, so they, got, they don't so, want to pull that far. But if there were two shows, if the Friday night show hadn't got rained out, I think maybe we might have pulled in four or five more cars. Who knows? Right. But uh, still a pretty good turnout. Good show. I uh, saw Joe and both. Joe and Steve were there the other night, Uh. so got to chat with them a little bit. Mm. So, no, it was a great night of racing down to Central Missouri. Do you want to play that sound now? Well, I can. Yeah. This uh, this was a race where Bill Layton Jr., looking for his first win of the year, led the whole way. But Jesse Sobbing, coming off a three-race winning streak, made a run at him coming off the fourth turn, and he almost got him there at the end. 
Bill Layton Jr. talks about holding off sobbing at the wire. Uh, well, I saw Jesse come up next to me there at the last corner, so I was just worried about, you know, getting back in the throttle, not jumping the cushion. Uh, but that was about it. I mean, I was out there just kind of driving around on the cushion. Got a little high in three and four, probably should have moved down, but like I said, we we're kind of going to live and die up there. Did you have to change your line? So did the track change much? Oh, uh, yeah, the track got really pushed up high. So, uh, you know, at the beginning of the race, it kind of was a lane or two down from the top, and then it just got so fast up there, we pushed it way up, way up, way up, and the berm got real, real thin. So uh, had to be real careful, started backing it in, which slows you down rather than driving around the cushion. So, uh, you know, we got it done, so that's all that matters. I assume you'd rather not seen that yellow flag there at the end. Yeah, I would rather not seen that yellow flag. Uh, I don't know, lap traffic was a little hairy. Them guys kind of weren't really moving where they should have been. And uh, maybe maybe would have slowed up some of them other guys too, but it was slowing me up a little bit. Uh, but we made it through it and going home with the W. Big win early in the season, breakthrough. Yeah, we needed it. Uh, we had a little bit of bad luck. So, you know, a good win and a, a, not, a good track was uh, a good 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 makeup after last weekend. Kind of wrecked a car last weekend, got tore up. So. Uh, we'll be ready to go next weekend. Yeah, Billy Layton was one of those guys who got caught up in that big wreck at Lakeside the week before. Right, yeah. Uh, Jesse Sobbing swept the weekend at Lakeside the week before, came up just a little bit short, and here's his uh, reaction after finishing second to Bill Layton. Yeah, I mean, I was giving her all I had. I mean, Bill, me and Bill usually are parked by each other. I mean, he, he runs a hell of a race, too. I, he broke my three-in-a-row streak, but I, I'm happy with second, too. And about the track, did it change much during the course of the night? Yeah, I mean, that cushion got pretty far up there and pretty aggressive. I mean, and you could drive around up there, but I felt like the bottom of three and four might be a little better for us, but you just had to slow your pace down and hit your marks. But, uh, I mean, it, it was a racy track. What were you thinking when you coming off the fourth turn to the checkered flag? Uh, I couldn't push the throttle far enough through the floorboard. There he is, Jesse Sobbing. Congratulations to the other winners on Saturday night in the modified division. Terry Schultz coming up uh, with the win. That's in the USRA or the Power Eye B Mod class. It's now Power Eye sanctioned down at CMS. Power Eye Superstock feature winner. This is a name out of the past, Scott. Chad Lyle winning in the uh, Superstock feature the other Chad night. Chad Lyle. Chad Lyle. And Power Eye Pure Stock winner. Terry Moss and the Power Eye Midwest Ch Mods, Sean Burns coming up with the win. So Ch Chad Lyle, one of the great race car drivers in this area for a long time. Yeah. 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 He was, uh, mul uh, he, is he a multi time champion at Lakeside? He's won championships. Uh, I, I'm not sure he's a multi time yeah. champion at Lakeside Speedway, but he was definitely a multi time champion down at CMS. I know Tim Carrick is a multi time champion, and he yeah. wins on Friday night at Lakeside. at Lakeside, holding off Nick Bittinger there at the end. Only seven hold, hold USRA on. Hold modifieds. On. Kurt, it, it's time to let the modifieds go at Lakeside, yeah. isn't it? Well, if they only have more cars, hold on. If they only have seven cars down there in the A mod class, it's time to get rid of the A mods and bring in the late models. Get rid of the the Grand National cars. Get rid of the A mods. Combine the purse and let them race for that that amount of money. Well, you and I have argued about that in the past that late models on a weekly basis uh 
I, I question how many of those cars you're going to get. Kirk. On a weekly Lakeside, basis at Lakeside Speedway. For, first of all, Lakeside was a late model racetrack in the 80s, but that's, in the 90s. That's a long time ago. Times have changed, Kirk, my friend. Kirk, 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 it doesn't matter. People are interested in late models right now. Well, I'm all for late models if you can get the car count to sustain it. But you still have to pay out a pretty hefty purse to make that happen. I think that they would have plenty of race cars. You you don't think so? I much. don't think so. Yeah. Because I, a lot of those guys that's got late models, they travel the tour. Like the Malvern Bank late model series. Those guys go well, to a lot they, of Well, if they track. were to run a ULMA late model series at Lakeside Speedway, they would get plenty of those cars there. You, you think so? Yes, sir. I, I don't know. How many? Well, it, it, because that's because you're a pessimist. Well, Friday night racetrack, you'd have to get a lot of guys you're from always, in and around the Kansas City area. If you if you're expecting guys to travel in on a Friday night at Lakeside Speedway, I think that's that that's a pretty hard sell. Let, let, Saturday night at Lucas Hole Speedway, that's a little bit easier. Sell. Let, let me tell you something a little bit about Kirk Elliott. He always looks on the negative side. Of no, things. I, I'm a positive guy. I'm looking at reality, Todd. Look at reality. When Kirk typically argues about uh, some kind of event, he usually kind of weighs on the, uh, on the pessimist side, doesn't he? Would you agree with me on that? He's about 70-30 now. It used to be... He used to be all the way the other way. But I've noticed more that he's a more optimistic. He's a little more loosened up and a little bit. I'm an optimistic person, but you guys still look at reality. Yeah, I think Kirk's. And and running late models at a weekly track, that's not real in 2023. What I would would offer is, here's what I would do the first year out. They do it at CMS. Uh, I mean, they do it at Lucas Oil Speedway. They do it up at I-35 Speedway. ULMA late models, a limited class. Let me tell you, all those guys that race up at at Lakeside, uh, up at I-35 Speedway, and and a a bunch of the guys that race down at Lucas Oil Speedway, they would travel to Lakeside to race. Well, they only get a handful of those Midwest late models at I-35 Speedway. Not enough to really sustain a class on a regular basis. I think you really need... At least 20 cars weekly to really have a good weekly class of cars. Get rid of the A mods. Bring in the late models. Just do it. Just go for it and just do it. I'm telling you, Kirk, they'll have more late models than they will have A mods. I guarantee it. They'll have more A mods They'll have more late models than they have A-mods. Well, at this day and age, weekly racing is a tough go all the way around. The tracks that are going to be able to sustain weekly racing are becoming fewer and farther between. Lucas Hole Speedway can do it. Lakeside Speedway, I think, can do it on a Friday night if they structure things properly. But the the number of racetracks running see, weekly he's races starting are, to come around. are becoming very difficult. You see that, Todd? He's starting to come around. I, Todd, he, I didn't say late models at Lakeside. I said yeah, I was going to say he didn't say build late up models. the mo- uh, modified classic column B mods now, 
that's that's where you're going to get the numbers to sustain would, it. And even the B-Mod class the, is the, becoming the, expensive. The to best time that Lakeside ever had during their career at Lakeside Speedway is when they ran three classes. Oh, I agree with that. I'd mm-hmm. get rid of the term B mod, A mod. I'd call it modified, and just just call them just call, call it, modified. it modified. Modified, and if you want to have combine the two classes, just tell the seven guys you've got to drop your engine package down to a B mod package. The B mods right now are as fast as the A mods were back in the yeah. early two thousand. And the B mods are becoming expensive. They're expensive. Too. I mean, it's right. It's, gotten to the point now to where that's almost so drop just drop the a b just call it a modified class and then bring me in a late model class the first couple years as not a full schedule give me a half a season not not halfway like halfway through it but give me you know a select dates that maybe you could piggyback off of something that's really good in town that weekend that you might get some crowd out there and go hey they are running late models out here it might be worth something. And then maybe in two years you have a, mo- a late model class out there and you can dump this right. A mod, B mod thing and just call it modified. You have a modified class, a late model class, and a street stock class and be done with it. I think where there. we're at in racing today is much like the show I saw down at CMS the other night where you bring in late models on a specialty basis. And if I were them, I'd bring in the A mods on a two or three night a year specialty basis. Uh, maybe develop some kind of an A-mod class to where the guys could travel around to various different racetracks and make it a specialty instead of a weekly thing yeah, you're not gonna at be able racetracks. To... I think that's where we're at in racing <laughs> yeah, today. Weekly racing to... as we knew it is a thing of the past. They're not going to be able to keep this money. The, the money's just too much. You're squeezed. They're, it's the haves and the have-nots. That's how it's always been, but you're, you're, the quality of racing is going to drop so much. I the think guys. they I, I think they pay the modifieds pretty good decent amount of money. Yeah, combine the classes, make it a good class, make more right. people want to really work that class, and then put a pay structure out there to where you can maybe get a good. I mean, the Grand Nationals are gone. We've dumped those. We know that that class is gone now. You dump one or more of those street stock looking classes out there, and you add the you add this here late model class. You take the purse of the street stock class, the Grand National, the Grand National class, and the, and the A mods, and you put all that together, and you and you run late models, and you just call weekly. the modifieds modifieds, and then that, nobody comes out there and go, what kind of mods are these? And it's just modified racing. They got too many classes of street it's, stocks out there. I understand that there there's a lot of money to be made at the back gate nowadays, and you have to supplement your income. And that's how people make money now. They do. We yeah, know that. A lot of these uh, uh, track operators now are looking more at the back gate than they are the front gate. How many pit passes are they going to be able to sell? You don't have to. You, here's the thing. I'm not going to call them lazy, but it's an easier ticket sell to the people that are already going to be coming, right? Well, you know what that is. That's why it's an easy, kind of a lazy way yeah. to go about promoting races because you know what your back gate's going to be uh, as far as the number of cars that you're going to draw into the races. You have no idea how many fans are going to show up so to this gives buy you... a ticket to the front gate. Yeah, but, this gives... but I, I think, Todd, in, in your case, what you just said, we eliminate one of the stock car classes, the Grand National class, and take the A mod money, and you put all that together, 
and that's going to be enough to pay the late models and enough to race than, out there weekly. You'll get more than seven guys rolling into town for that. Guaranteed. But it's going to be a hard sell to the track operator. I understand back that. classes because they're fearful of they're not going to and sell as many pit passes. And that's what we were talking Darren about. Darren Bennett has said that he's going to try to bring the late he models did. out there. He's not going to eliminate some of those other classes we talked about. And like you said, Kirk, that's like a safety net for every track operator in the country. They know at least I have this right. in the pits as my back pocket money. The money you put in your other pocket and go, okay, this is clean money. Everything else I come in is good, you know, is right. over the top money. And and it's how it has to be kind of done now, now day and age. It just sucks because the money's so tight. It's a tight, well, tight budget. The race fans' expectations are at a different place now than even they were 10 years ago, and that's because of live video. Well, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. You better put on a big show and deliver the goods for these race fans, or they're just simply not going to show up. You need good they're internet. They're going to stay at home yeah, you need and watch good, the race. You need good Wi-Fi and internet at all Whatever it takes. I know some places it's impossible. I get that because you put tracks in the middle of nowhere. Well, but you should... places like um, um, Boise, Idaho, or yeah. somewhere like that, Electric City Speedway. We get it. Yeah. But you can definitely up the game by getting more people because they're streaming on their phone. You guys know that. Hell, you guys are in here watching three streams on your TV. Mm-hmm. People are streaming on their phone even if they're at the track. So if you can have good internet and Wi-Fi out there. For yeah, if, it, 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 the thing is, is that people could watch the replays exactly. on their phone at the racetrack. With yeah. an earphone, buddy. Right. And you don't know how many people you see doing that now, at even at Kansas Speedway. In the old days, it was always the scanners, right? Yeah. Now you see a lot of people using their phone with the app, whatever app what, they uh, have, and they're listening to the same Sirius Satellite XM yeah. Radio. And so they're listening right. to it, and you're able to listen to everything right there out, out, right. And with your phone. And you're watching the replay and don't have to watch it on the on the track. I, right. I don't know. I listen. Here's what I did, guys. Here's how old school I was. <laughs> You'll laugh, and everybody will laugh. I brought out my old transistor radio. I've got an old school transistor radio, right? It still brings up 810 and the AM side that oh, I, take, yeah. I take to the ball games. <laughs> But at the race this weekend, I brought one with a one earbud. It fits super tight in my ear. And, and, and I listened to 810. The race on 810. So I knew how many laps were being, so I didn't have to turn around while I, and I right. listened to it. And it was, and it worked out perfect. I had my little antenna sticking out of my camera bag. Only stuck out like that far. Nobody even knew I was listening to a transistor radio, but I was going old. I mean, old, old, old school. school. 50s. <laughs> and old. the other th- thing, when I go to a racetrack, I've got my my race pass app at the handy. Yeah, exactly. I can follow the instant scoring of every race, and right. my race pass has almost got every racetrack now. So I can't even go to a racetrack anymore, Scott, without the, my race pass on my phone and looking down through the the instant scoring as we watch the races. Right, that's just the way it is today. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who are we going to have on next, Kirk? We want to have Chase Rodman on? Uh, World of Outlaws. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. Before we uh, touch on that, I think maybe the biggest race of the weekend, of course, NASCAR, big news. We can talk about that as well. But that $30,000 that Bobby Pierce won the other night out at Fairbury Speedway, that was a entertaining That was show. a great race. I thought maybe Hudson O'Neill have a shot at Bobby there at but the end. But he crashed out, didn't he? Hudson found the wall. 
down at uh, in, in I, I think he four. found a big chunk of dirt. And that's it, what, and it ripped his nose off. I think that's what caused him. And that, that's kind of weird because he was making the same line around uh, as he'd had the laps previous to that. But he just, I think he, I think you're right about that. He had a big chunk of dirt and it just turned him right into the wall. Yep. But no boy, it did a lot of damage on the front end of that rocket number one car. And Bobby Pierce was able to just kind of cruise away after that. But before that, uh, Dennis Herb Jr. and Shannon Babb were two guys that really had uh, a chance to make a run at that. But when Hudson O'Neill tried to pull a slider on both those two guys, it, it took both Herb and Shannon Babb out of the race. Mm-hmm. So those were two guys that also were players in that event. But that was pretty entertaining. Right? That's a track, Scott. That's on my bucket list. I've told told you about this before. Port City in Pennsylvania and Fairbury in Illinois are the two tracks I got to get to. The way they prep those racetracks are just the best of the country, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down at Nevada on May 20th. So check it out. Is that this weekend, Kurt? This Saturday. This Saturday. All right. Get down there and check them out. Rod and Supply, Power Eye, Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more here in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod 
Solid End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy. I love racing, boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. Get her done! Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down at Nevada on May 20th. If you want to see some great, great these cars go a little faster than the modifieds do, just so you know. You ever heard that, Kurt? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're fast. They're chain-drive cars, but they go fast. And, you know, the biggest thing about those cars, they're affordable. If you want to get into sprint car low racing, maintenance. I can't. Yeah, low maintenance. You don't have Once you make the initial outlay, you don't really have to spend a whole lot of money uh, to keep them up and going. Unless you wreck them. Yeah, well, that's another story. If you wreck them, yeah, that you got uh, you got some work to do there. But basically, Chase once there. you make the initial outlay for one of these cars, uh, that can keep you going for pretty much the whole season. So uh, check it out. Uh, go to the Power Eye Midwest Lightning website, and uh, Bob Douglas will be happy to talk to you about how you can put one of these cars out on the racetrack at an affordable cost. They got a decent amount of cars. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Chastity Younger is the defending champion. She won the first feature of the season down at CMS here a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's a very fast uh, form of sprint car racing. I think there are a thousand CCs now. Thousand CCs, twelve hundred. They used to be twelve hundred. Yeah. yeah, but uh, they still they they get they get around the track pretty quick. Hey, I want to remind everybody what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. They're going to be giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package on it. It's a pearl white Metallica tri-coat color. And they're also going to give you $25,000 cash to help pay for the taxes on that. And they're going to be giving that away on August 19, 2023. This car has 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. Goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an 8-speed automatic. 
It's got the bigger brakes, got the bigger tires on it. It is a real performance race car, Kirk. What do you think about that? Uh, I can't wait to see it, but I don't think they'll let us take it for a spin before. They're they not going to let us no. take it for a spin. No. You'd like to, though. The only way you can do that is if you win this Corvette. August 19th is when the drawing is. I hope we win it. What if they pulled our ticket out and they said the racing boys won it? I'd be shocked. Would they give it to us? Uh, do you think they'd give it to us, Todd? I think there might be a there might be a clause in there. There might be a conflict of interest. That's that. okay. We're you know we buy the tickets. So it's all going to That's a great right. cause. Right. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> right. Well, that Corvette will be in the garage in here. Right in that yeah. that garage. We there. may end up donating it right back to the Sprint Car Hall of Fame if we win it, and well, you know that might be something to do, Kurt. And yeah. take the take just donate it back to the the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, and we might take and the, let them raffle it off again, yeah, and let us take the we'll we'll take twenty five thousand, and you we'll keep take the, the hundred thousand dollars that they're going to get, <laughs> right? We we could use the money more than yeah. we could use that. Yeah, I was going to say, just give us the twenty five thousand you were going to give to tag it. We'll take that. You keep the car, and we'll call right, it even. Right. So it's a beautiful car. You can see it right there on the screen. Um, what I really want to have happen is end all these rainouts so that people can see some races up at Knoxville for a second time. They've only had one night of races up there, and we get more people. They rained out the again. Hall of Fame. They got rained out again on Saturday night. So I want to tell you what Cole said here. We got Chase ready whenever you're He's, ready. To. It, it, oh, okay, good. Um, he said that I drive 383 miles to Knoxville before I drive 27 miles down the road for me to watch six classes drag on all night. I'm with him on that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's bring on our weekly guest. He joins us each and every week. Chase Rodman joins us on the show. Chase, how you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Well, uh, we're, that- we're doing good. And let me just say this, first of all. I appreciate you taking the time to join us each and every week here on the show, but it means a lot to us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I, I I enjoy coming on here. I don't I don't do too many uh, podcasts. Very rare for me, so it's cool to come on here and, and talk about some sprint car racing every every week. The only bummer is Chase is that rain out on Saturday night. We we got Friday night in, but bummer we didn't get any races in on Saturday night at Williams Grove. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Um, rain has not been nice at all, it seems like, to any of the sprint car racing, or racing in general, I should say, um, this year. I mean, you look at the ASCS, and I think they've got two races in so far this year. So right. I guess uh, the Outlaws are, are lucky on that front that we've got so many in that we've been able to do. So, uh, But, yeah, tough, tough night on Saturday to, to rain out over there. Hey, let me ask you this. Were you a little bit set back that Rico didn't make a better run at Brad Sweet at Williams Grove? Yeah, I was. You know, before the race, Johnny and I usually do our little talk, and I was saying that I thought Rico was the better car after the dash. But, you know, Brad was running the bottom of the dash, and Rico was catching him. And I think after the dash, you know, um, it, you know, Brad maybe went back and watched, or, you know, his, or Eric, his crew chief, said, hey, man, you know, the bottom isn't the place to be. And as soon as he went to the top in the feature, he was – you know, especially at that place, it's you get clean air out there, out front there. It's just so hard to pass. So 
Um, yeah, I was surprised. You know, I thought Rico would at least keep him a little closer and not fade back to fourth or fifth. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, Brad just seemed like he had the dominant car, really. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and then there for a moment, Brett Marks got up to second place. Did you think he might be able to run him down a little bit? Yeah, I just really wish that we didn't have that caution midway through, right as right as Brad got to the back of the field for traffic. Um, it seems like most of the time the at Williams Grove, the race really gets good in traffic. It's very rare that it's good in clean air between a couple of cars. So um, I think Brent definitely was you know capable of, of maintaining pace. Um, just needed some traffic there, and it really never came. I think they were in traffic for a lap before the yellow came out. So. Um, it was crazy, man. Brad was the, you know, he had he drew the last pill. He was the last car out to qualify. He started in the second row of the heat race. And like we've already said, that it's tough to pass to that place. He put in the dash, and then he drew the one, you know, and that was uh, right. quite the recovery. He drew the last pill for qualifying and drew the first pill for the, for the dash, so. Hey, uh, Chase, uh, we're all mourning uh, the loss of Dakota, uh, people that uh, – been around sprint car races, no Dakota Whitlatch. Unfortunately, we lost him last week. Have you ever seen a bigger race fan than Dakota, Chase? Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of stories, and I've seen a lot of stuff on, you know, Facebook and Twitter, obviously, the last uh, couple of days here. It's it's tough, you know. It's You hate to see something like that happen, but what I think is so awesome is all the drivers and things like that, you know, uh, reaching out and, and saying stuff, you know, Brad mentioned it. The first thing he said in his interview after the win was, you know, thinking about Dakota's family and things like that. So um, it was very, obviously it's very sad. He was a huge race fan and uh, it, it just goes to show the reach that he had when, you know, a guy like Brad Sweet is talking about him in victory late after right. the win. Yep. No doubt. Well, we did a, we did a thing for him at Kansas Speedway where we got, where he got to meet Kyle Busch and that we put him up in a motel room for the Kansas Speedway weekend, and we were pretty good friends with those fa- with that family. Yeah, it just uh, you know he the thing that was so inspirational about Dakota was he always had a smile on his face, and you think uh, if any problems you ever had, they're pretty minor compared to what right. Dakota went through. But here's a kid that was interested in everything and everybody, and if that's not a big inspiration to right. all. I can't think of what, uh, and, and Kirk, what else that would be. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the old-timer that worked there at, at uh, Knoxville At Raceway. Knoxville, Arlita Voice. She, yeah. was the, uh, she was the mainstay in the office at Knoxville for 45 years. Kept the trains running on time. And Cappy would say he wouldn't have been able to get along without her. And uh, she was uh, still up there in the scoring tower right up until just, a, what, a couple of years ago. So yeah. we're thinking about her and her family. They're going to have a... Uh, Did she uh, work there when you worked there, Kirk? Uh, just right at the beginning. Uh, she She's always around back then. Hey, hey Chase. But she, uh, she was... I think she started full-time in the office right when Cappy took over right. in yeah. 1976. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know it, but Kirk Elliott was the announcer at Knoxville Raceway in 75 and 76. 76, basically, yeah. yeah. Se- and I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've been around. So my hometown's just about 90 miles away from Knoxville, so I went up there as a kid. Kirk, what what's your favorite memory of Knoxville Raceway? Favorite memory? I think it would have to be the 74 Knoxville Nationals where 
Dick Gaines passed Jan Opperman coming off the fourth turn for the win. How about that? Jan Opperman getting passed by Jan Opperman. That's my favorite memory. Really? They didn't run wings back then, Chase. All non-wing stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think I mentioned it on a, a show a couple a couple weeks ago, but, you know, I'm a huge non-wing sprint car fan, and Jan Opperman's a name that, you know, when, when I'm doing research for um, races, you know, I see his name pop up a lot on the winner's list and things like that. And right. I think his name was is actually on the top of the um, – on top of the – the suites at, at Williams Grove. Um, so oh. obviously a legend uh, in the sport, that's for sure. And, and you were there to see him watch, watch. Yeah. The race. That's and, you awesome. know, the other thing that happened the same, like the day before Nixon resigned. So everybody oh. was talking about that. Uh, right. Uh, Nixon resigned on that Friday of that weekend. And then, and then we Saturday the next night is when that uh, class. Let me ask you this, Kirk. Let, let me just ask you this. Jan Opperman, if he wouldn't have had that accident, would he be one of the all-time great drivers? Oh, there's the, he already is one of the all-time great drivers. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was involved in a lot of crashes, and uh, his career was cut short because of injuries, but certainly the most talented sprint car racer I think I've ever seen. Were, were you up there the, the year that Wolfgang went through the alphabet soup? Yeah, that was like 88 when uh, Doug Wolfgang went through the alphabet soup, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty thrilling moment too. So a lot of lot of memories there, Chase, and sprint car racing, especially at Knoxville. Yeah, those, those days are a little bit uh, beyond my years, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why Knoxville is so special. That's why it's yeah, I love what walking to meet the stands and seeing all the um, the the pillars with everybody, you know, all the Knoxville Nationals winners wrapped around them. I think that is such an awesome touch and that's another thing about Knoxville that makes it so just so um unique and you can just feel the history when you're walking through there uh, even at 3 a.m walking home from Dingus you know you could just look up and man this right. place, there's so much history here yeah no doubt about it um so let me let me ask you this and this is going to put you in a tough spot I know this question is going to put you in a tough spot but when do, do you prefer to go to the PA and watch all those races up there. I'm going to go up there for Speed Week, and um, or or do you like watching Knoxville more? That's a tough um, question. Yeah, that is tough. Uh, I mean, this kind of depends on what races you're talking about in PA. Like Lincoln, obviously, that race was awesome. We were there last week. I love going to Lincoln. I love going to Port Royal. Um, I've only been to those three, you know, Grove, Lincoln, and Port. Uh, but if you had to put, um, you know, if I wanted to watch Knoxville over Williams Grove, it'd be Knoxville a hundred times out of a hundred, you know? So, right. um, I just, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the history of Williams Grove. I think it's, um, a place that, you know, some of the best of all time in the sport have ever won at, you know, and it's, it's so historical, but, um, the racing there just doesn't really do it for me. You know, Knoxville, they get the track right almost every single time. Right. And um, it's just, uh, it really is a sight to behold if you if people are what listen to this and never been, um, especially the Nationals, obviously. It's just, it's so awesome. The the atmosphere there is is really second to none. You know, it's, it's obviously I can compare it to the Chili Bowl, um, but that's really about it. 
Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit about Macri getting around Brett Marks there at the at the uh, start finish line um, at Gettysburg. Look How about her. that race? That was a fantastic race, wasn't it? Yeah, that might be the finish of the year, and we, I feel like we say that a lot every now and again. You know, it's we we forget about the one that happened two months ago or whatever, but right. then one happens. Oh, that was the finish of the year. That was the race of the year. You yeah. know, um, but the way that it played out was was crazy. You know, before that last caution came out, uh, you know, Brent was running the bottom in three and four, and and Macri was running the top, and it seemed like he was a little bit better down there. And then on the restart, you know, I'm guessing somebody maybe told Brent, you know, hey, he was catching me on the top, so he goes to the top, and then, you know, Macri shows him the nose coming off of, off of four on the inside, and I think it got Brent all confused on what he needed to do in the last corner. You know, he went down to the bottom, maybe protected the slider, thought that there's no way Macri's going to drive around him, and, you know, Macri just held to the floor, never lifted, and, and uh, got him. You know, I, I just I love when, it, when races play out like that, and the guy in seconds kind of playing mind games with the guy leading, and uh, it, it turned out to be uh, one we'll definitely remember uh, as maybe the best race of the year, best finish of the year, I should say. I, I, I got to say that whoever told him to go to the bottom, it, it, give him some bad advice because he was ripping the top and there was no way around getting past him. I don't think Macri could have passed him on the bottom. Do you? I don't know. He did get really close there on that, you know, coming to the white, uh, but it would have been tough. I, but I think what would have happened is that he would have definitely thrown him a Hail Mary slider on the last corner. Um, but I, I would have liked to see how that would have played out. You know, if, yeah. if, you know, Brett was running the top and Macri threw him a, you know, a big slider. I think it would have been tough for him to turn off the cushion and, and cross back to the inside of him. But um, either way, it turned out to just be such a thrilling race. You know, we had a, right. that great – it wasn't really a phenomenal finish when Jacob Allen won the Gettysburg race last year, uh, but it was a great story. You know, it was a great race throughout, but then, you know, two years in a row, just a great story. Um, obviously not Macri's first outlaw win, but um, it was uh, his first there, his third, you know, his first at a track that's not Port Royal, his first one with Joe Mooney as a crew chief. A lot of storylines the last two years at Lincoln. Yeah. Hey, uh, when you interviewed Anthony Macri, I thought this was very interesting. You said, uh, how's it feel like coming back to your old stopping grounds? And he said, well, that I don't know if this is my old stopping grounds or not. But he's had kind of a love-hate relationship with some of the fans there, has he not? Yeah, and when I said that, I kind of meant just like being in Pennsylvania. I, I feel like a lot of people you know, mistook me for you know, mentioning that or trying to say that his stomping grounds were Lincoln Speedway. Obviously, I know his stomping grounds are Port Royal, which is where he dominates that, you know. But it's not like he's been bad at Lincoln. He's got, you know, six or seven wins there. He's got an outlaw win there. He's been close to other outlaw wins there before. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think that Macri, though, I feel like he's starting to become, you know, uh, I think he's starting to become a fan favorite around everywhere in Pennsylvania. You know, he's, he's the future of the posse. You know, Lance has probably not got too many years left in him, and, you know, over the last few years, you've had guys like Fred Raymer and, and Stevie Smith and Brian Monteith, and these guys start to retire, and uh, they're going to need guys like Anthony Macri stepping in and, and filling those shoes. So I feel like that's the fans see him as as the future, and he's starting to become quite the fan favorite around there. Well, I just remember one night last year, I think this was a weekly show, I can't remember, at Lincoln Speedway, where he won one night, 
and he was getting it from some of the fans over there <laughs> during the uh, post-race interview. They one were night. chewing on him pretty they good. They were chewing on him a little bit. I, I don't think it's because he did anything wrong on the track. He just uh, he was winning a he lot. He was winning a lot there, right. and uh, you know he, he uh, a lot of the fans didn't like that. At Lincoln Speedway. That's what happens, right? I mean, everybody you right. start winning a lot, and people start not liking it anymore. I mean, we saw that with with Donnie. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit with Brad. I feel like the fans don't really like Brad as much because he he wins all the time, and obviously Jimmy Johnson. And if you want to talk about NASCAR and all that, but um, yeah, I feel like that that tends to happen when somebody wins a lot, man. People just automatically start hating them. I feel like. But the only guy that doesn't happen to is Larson. I feel like people can watch Larson win all the time, and they wouldn't get mad about it. Yeah, well, it's because the way he, the way he is, Kyle Larson's right. a good guy. Hey, hey, did you did you see that race yesterday? The Cup race yesterday. The the Cup race. Yep. No, I I did not watch. I haven't watched a Cup race in a while. Uh, but I do every now and again. I'll go on Twitter, you know, and and type in you know NASCAR on Fox and like watch the the clips that they put up there. I saw him get wrecked by uh, Chastain, which I thought was kind of uh, funny because. He was just talking about him on his podcast, that High Limit podcast, right. how he's so good for the sport, and then, and then he goes out and wrecks him the next week. Yeah, yeah, Kyle didn't talk to the media after that event. He probably thought it's just best, hey, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I, I shouldn't, shouldn't say, say anything. anything. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's so unlike yeah, Kyle and Larson. Yeah, I was looking for that. I typed in on Twitter. I was like, Kyle Larson interview Darlington. And it, there's nothing there. So I he didn't realize him. he didn't talk to the media until later. He yeah. got he got him back on Saturday at the neck, at the – at uh, the Xfinity race. Oh, did he? Uh, he, we, we Kyle won, won that. Yeah. Yeah. He won that straight out. And then on the cup race yesterday, he he kind of let Ross know what was going on, too. I mean, that, that, that race, it was pretty good there at the end. If, yeah, no if you saw him, he pushed him all the way through to do that turn. He never let up on that. Hey, listen, uh, uh, Ross Chastain, love him or hate him, I really like the guy. Because you know what? He reminds me of Dale Earnhardt. He doesn't give a shit about what he does to other drivers out there on the racetrack. And, and a great example of it, him pinning his car up against the wall and flooring it and running his car all the way around on the wall to get into the chase for the championship. Yeah, you know, they're talking about him every week. That's for sure. They, they talk about him a lot. Uh, Anthony Macri is that kind of a guy. Uh, I know there was an incident down at Belusia earlier this year, Chase, where uh, Anthony, I was trying to think, was it uh, Shots or who, who was that that got? Yeah, it was Shots, yep. Yeah. And so uh, Anthony's not afraid to mix it up. Kind of, He's not quite like Ross Chastain, but he's not afraid to mix it up. No, he's definitely not. And when you have a car that's fast and a driver that's capable, man, you, you're going to see those types of things happen. But, um, you know, he uh, – I really hope that we see him, and I think we will eventually see him out on the Outlaw Tour. Um, but I don't know when that's going to be because I feel like Joe Mooney, his crew chief now, was – you know, he used to work for KKR, and he didn't want to be on the road anymore like that, you know. Right. so. I don't know when we'll see Macri out on the road, but he uh, is definitely a guy that you would look forward to seeing uh, full-time with the World of Outlaws here sooner. Maybe the All-Stars, obviously, they don't have as far of a footprint in the United States. Right. Um, that could be kind of maybe the stepping stone for them. Uh, but I think it's going to be tough when, I mean, as far as I know, Joe Mooney wanted to be back home more in Pennsylvania. So um, not really sure 
what the future holds for for them guys. But man, right now they are they are really fast. Hey, like uh, don't look year. don't look now. Donnie Shots is really running very well oh, yeah. right now. Isn't man, he? he is running good. Yeah, I was I was hoping you guys would bring him up because uh, man, what a tough start to the year it was for for the fifteen. You know, I mean, he was. At one point in time, I think he was like ninth or eighth in points or something like that. Right. I think he was ninth at one point in time. And then now he's up to sixth. He's only two points out of fifth. Um, and he didn't have a single podium all year until Eldora uh, two weeks ago. He got two there. He missed it at Lincoln, and then he was on the podium again at Williams Grove. And now we're going to Attica this week where he is always good, which is kind of weird. I was thinking about that. Like, Johnny Schott, you would not think of him being good at Attica. But, man, every time we show up there, he's he's fast. So, Maybe another podium, or maybe that first one of the year on the horizon for them. And I just, right. I love seeing it, you know, because everybody's like, man, Donnie's, you know, it, Donnie's done. His best years are behind him. But, dude, he just won the Knoxville Nationals. Right. Um, I think he could still win a World of Outlaws championship. I don't know if, it's, obviously, this year it's going to be tough when he's 186 points behind right now. But right. Um, I think he could still get the job done. Listen, there's a lot of people that would love to see Donnie Schatz win his 11th championship, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I'm one of them. I want to see it happen because right. I hear all these guys talking about, oh, man, when Donnie was in his prime, you know, he was so good. Like, I hear drivers saying that. I'm like, dude, like, right. you, he just whipped your ass at the Knoxville Nationals. Come on, man. Like, he can still get the job done. I just think there's some things internally maybe there that they just got to work out a little bit better. And it seems like they have recently. I mean, they have been they've been very good the last two weeks. Yeah, Chase, man, we always want to thank you for the time. We appreciate you doing so, and we appreciate you coming on each and every week and talking the world of outlaws with us. Can't thank you enough for doing so, bud. Thanks again for. All right, hey, yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on here. It's cool to be a weekly guest, and uh, we'll do it again next monday yeah right. no no more four letter word we don't want to talk about that anymore let's get these shows at yeah, no kidding, no in kidding. this weekend yeah all right chase thank you all right hey thanks guys see you all, right, all right thanks chase there he is all right we're going to take a break when we come back more of mostly motorsports it's all brought to you by rod and supply featuring the power eye midwest lightning sprints they'll be racing down at nevada on may 20th so get down there and check them out we'll be right back Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. 
Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodandSupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodandSupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Check them out down at Nevada on May 20th this weekend. So let's let's get on this little bit of a topic here, right at the end of the first hour. All right. I you know. It, it drives me crazy to see promoters operate off the back gate. Does that drive you crazy, Kurt? Yeah, it always has because that's... Uh, it, it makes for late nights. Uh, that's the uh, quote-unquote lazy way to promote because you kind of know what you're going to get at the back gate and you right. depend on that money at the back gate. Pit passes are higher than the what the tickets the are at gate the front gate. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're, it, it's more of a participant what deal do I, where, uh, uh, where you're, you're counting on the participants of the show to carry the financial burden of your business. You know that, what, That's what backgate operations uh, entail. You know, when I used to go to Riverside, 
back, it closed up in 1988, right? Riverside used to have 1,500 people in the grandstands every week. Every week, they'd have 1,500 people in the grandstands. And ticket prices back then were what? Five bucks, maybe? Nine dollars. Nine dollars. Nine dollars. Well, times are a lot different now. Than what do we got to do? The economy uh, is a first, lot different. First of all, Kirk, let me ask you this. What do we have to do to get young people back involved into our sport? You have to have something for them to do when you get them to the racetrack. Uh, back when you and I were young kids, there was nothing else going on. You didn't have do they need cell a- phones. You didn't have other things that just diverted your attention to get your entertainment. It was going to the racetrack. Right. We didn't have phones. We didn't have computers. We had none of that. You, the choices were fewer of what to do to spend your time back when we were growing up as kids. That's not the way it is today. Uh, kids have a lot of things to occupy their time, and if you're wanting to take them away from what they're involved in, you better deliver the goods, and you better give them something to do when you get them to Kirk, the racetrack. Kirk, I've said this for a long time. What people need is an area for young kids to hang out. Yeah, absolutely. you got to give them something to do when you get them to the you racetrack. You make it to where people cannot hang out with the young kids in a certain area. I think I think Lucas Oil Speedway has a place like that. Yeah, and they did some things out at Kansas Speedway to give kids things to do when you get them But to if the you're going to bring back the kids, that's what you've got to do. You've yeah. got to give them an area to where it's their own designated area and they don't have to worry about their mom and dad coming over there and checking you on don't them. want them to be bored if you bring them to the racetrack right. boredom is a bad word you don't want them to be bored you got to give them something to do yeah and you've got to keep their time occupied what do you think about that todd given given yeah. teenagers a place to watch the races and and maybe they might get into it and start watching a and get a favorite driver and yeah. start wanting to root for that driver. You want these kids to come back next right. week. Yeah. That's would, the whole idea. You know, the, the little... biggest problem we have right now is is that kids don't work on their own cars anymore. Back yeah. in the day when we were kids, we worked on our own cars, right, Todd? Yeah, but you can't do it now because right. hell I couldn't I can barely change I can't I don't even change my own oil no more for Christ's sake. I, I mean, don't either. Because it's a pain in the ass. Everything's built around everything. It's yeah. it's not like it isn't. Now, you can go and get an old school car and work on it, but that's even harder now because it's it's hard to find parts and hard to find things. It's not like it used to be. You have right. to almost go through. A, what I would do is, like you were saying, but have some kind of area. But I think they need to have something more interactive. That interacts yeah. with their phone. It has to be with their, their everybody's tied with that phone. Tied right? into their phone. So yeah. inter- listen, let me just tell you something about my girlfriend Deidre. She is on that phone nonstop. If it's playing games, if it's watching videos, she is on that phone nonstop. And she ain't the only one. And so what? She, what you have? But to- she's she's. She's seventeen years younger than yeah, I am. Yeah, but I right? mean, 
That's oh, normal behavior now. She's forty-five years old, and she's on that phone constantly. Yeah, and they and everybody, twenty years in age and younger, are doing the same thing. Which goes back to what you're talking about earlier, Todd. You got to have good internet service yeah. at all these places. You have good internet. You develop. Lakeside's an, got pretty good internet yeah. service, don't they? I would develop. Now they do. Yeah. I would develop an app. Yeah. An, an app doesn't cost that much to to develop. I would develop an app that linked you with Lakeside Speedway. So when you came in, you mm-hmm. scan that little, what do you call it, code? You know, when you come in, and guess what? Now your app's downloaded, and that app gives me. Access to like the old school program that you used to have, maybe some information on the drivers and history on the thing, maybe link some video of the thing. And then maybe when you download the app, you get a free, you know, another a pit pass. Right. 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 Not everybody gets it, but you download that thing and you get it the one time. I mean, there's a lot of things I think that you could do to get the young kids and what i would do is i would be reaching out to young kids don't reach out to people my age i'm 54 right you need to We're reach too out old. you need to reach out to high school kids and say what would we do to get you guys to come out here i would go to the high schools you know what i would do i would go to high schools i would do, and give them free tickets pass out free tickets in the gym park a race car on the property grounds right on the grass right let them come out, look at it, set at it, smell it, look at it, and then... Feel it. Exactly. Start that bad boy up at the end of the night, let them put it back on the trailer, and guess what? You give away a bunch of... Many tickets as you want to go. Every one of those kids are going to buy a drink and a pop and a food and everything. You're not losing anything by giving away free tickets. Uh, You're listen, not losing a dime. They're, they're going to buy concessions They're, they're going to buy there. all kinds of... And they may... Hell, they may come back, for Christ's sake. You're, you're not losing nothing. Race cars draw crowds. You bring a race car out Absolutely. in the parking lot somewhere. You, you know what the number crowd. one thing that's hurt racing more than anything? Enclosed trailers. I would agree with that. Because back in the day when when I used to go to the races, I have my race car trailer on my open trailer, and people would always ask, where are you racing tonight? They had the tire rack up there. Tire rack, the, the whole deal. Yeah. yeah. The car was there. You, you they saw could it. see it. Enclosed trailers is killed. You know, if if, if 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 I was a promoter, here's what I would do. I'd offer more money for it. I would say that if you pull your car in on an open trailer, you get an extra $25 Absolutely. for the night. What's it going to – and guess what? The people who have the big fat sketch, they'll go ahead and buy an open trailer, use their closed trailer for all their other purposes. They'll load that car up on that open trailer just to get that extra scratch. Well, I, I do believe uh, the, that. the problem is, is that people, when they use enclosed trailers, they want their car to be protected at night. Yeah. And well, we overnight, they don't want people coming in there and scavenging things off of the car out in front of their house. Absolutely. Right. Well, yeah. a lot of these uh, touring series, the guys who travel the country yeah. in touring series, they need these big trailers because you, right. you can't the, park that's out their and, shop out on the road we get right. all that but for the local weekly racer that works all week and then goes to the races on the weekend don't have to travel far right open trailer is the way to go i remember gary webb who is a big late model guy up in iowa always pulled with an uh, open always trailer. had an open trailer and he did a lot he a lot of times he went to the races by himself Right. Drove the car, worked on the car, and pulled it in an it, open trailer, and he won a lot of races. He pulled down to Sedalia and won with an yeah. open trailer one right. time. You remember I, that? 
Right. Yeah, you know, I would I would work with these schools like you said, Scott. These kids have got a little bit more income than what you think now. Kinda. Yeah. It's kind of strange. We're you know world that we're living in. They have a little bit more, but give them free tickets if you put that race car. I mean, we have five high schools within shouting distance of Lakeside Speedway. No doubt. Just put a car out there, give some free tickets away for each time you bring a car out on the weekend, and you're going to reap rewards on that. I, I, right. I can't see how you couldn't. Same I went to, down to the NFL draft a couple of yeah. weeks ago, and I wished I had track operators with me as we walked through the grounds that day because they'd take a big lesson on, on what you need to do at your own racetrack. They had things going on to For occupy kids. everybody. They had interactive games going on up in the area by the Liberty Memorial. Right. Uh, in between the announcements of each draft pick coming up, they had people on stage. They were giving away prizes. They were interacting with the crowd. Uh, this is what you should How do. How about having a carnival out in front of your racetrack? Yeah. Man, you can do so much. Just buy a bunch of carnival rides right. and put them out there. In front. Hell, even cheaper than that, you can rent a petting zoo. You know how much a petting zoo costs next to nothing to right. rent? They come in, they set up out there. You know how many young kids come in to a, I mean, carnival ride, you have to pay for the insurance. I get that. There's an insurance policy with that. But yep. if you're wanting to draw just fans to the thing, you're just needing eyeballs there to where they're saying, hey, what's going on at such-and-so track this weekend? Oh, hey, did you hear they're going to have this out there in the parking lot this weekend? The, big, the biggest thing, I want to finish up what I was talking about with the NFL draft when they were in between picks. They were interacting with the crowd. There was no downtime because they were interacting with the crowd that was there and keeping them all juiced up. You've got to have things going on at all times. When you have downtime, intermission, you Kirk, need to be interacting with the Kirk, crowd at Kirk, these race It's tracks. very important to have a really good announcer. Absolutely. And good good speakers. But you got to have things going good on. Good speakers all the as time. well. It's huge. You got to have good speakers. If your audio is not being heard down in the corners and stuff, it does no good. I mean, right. I understand if it's right in the dead center, it sounds great. But Billy, Billy says um, um, have meet the driver's night. Absolutely. Put all the cars on the front straightaway. Let the kids come down and get autographs and meet the drivers. Yeah. And this is something we uh, could have brought up with Chase Rodden. We had him on here a little bit ago. In between the Lincoln Speedway event and Williams Grove, they had a, an event at the Hershey Park Stadium out by the Hershey The World Park. of Outlaws are and, the best at promoting right, their And, and their they series. had all the cars lined up there yeah. on the front stretch at Hershey Park. Chase was there for that. And a big crowd showed up. They got up close to the cars. The drivers were there signing autographs. And what a great thing to have in the off day where the uh, World of Outlaws were at Lincoln Speedway, which is really not that far from Williams Grove. And they had it up at Hershey Park. And it was a great opportunity for them to get people exposed. A lot of those people that were there probably never even been to a race before. But they saw the cars up close and they met the drivers they're new race fans now. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, uh, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at Nevada on May 20th. We'll be back with more of Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Todd and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. All right, welcome back. Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. You can see them down there at uh, Nevada this weekend, May 20th. You know where I'm going this weekend, Todd? Guess what I'm going to do this weekend? you got some music to go see, I think. Right? I'm going to go see. They've got the Gladstone 
Blues Fest. Yeah, up right up here, right? Right up here in Gladstone. That's that, close to your house. Is it at I, that? I, I, I could stumble. You could almost my way walk home. there. Yeah, from you can here. stumble there and back. Is right? it right? Could you? You could almost walk there from here. Where's it I, at? I could at, at that pavilion out here. Where's it at? It, it's up there by. Um, you know where Captain D's is. Uh huh. I do know. Where a- is. After you go past that, right up to the next light, you turn right, and you go up there and you watch it. And what's it called? Gladstone Blues Fest. I'm going to be driving uh, a little bit farther than you will have to travel. I cannot wait to get back to Belleville. There we go. It's at the. It is at that Lincoln Square, that or Linden Square. That's what it's. Just so right that's up the cool. Street. February nineteenth and twentieth. Um, Festival is enjoyed by blues friends from our community and to grow bigger crowds from around bigger cities. Brats, hot dogs, kettle corn. Looks like you'll be. Uh, yeah, here we go. We're looking at it now on our on our big screen for people that are out of town. How cool is that? Got a. Uh, looks like live music on. Friday Taylor and Hutspeth, Mark Montgomery and Rory Black Block, and then Saturday Coyote Bill and the Brood, which I've heard of them before. R.J. What is that? Me, Miss Joe, <laughs> and the uh, L.A. Joe Jones and L.A. Jones and uh, the Silent Partners. So man, it's that's going to be a pretty good. It weekend. really is, yeah. man. Yeah. I, if six o two Northeast seventieth. If anybody knows Coast, anything about me, I'm really into the blues he's a music guy oh, i like blues the so blues be, is the best yeah it'll be a good time in, in my world there's nothing better than blues music in in my world that's why i go to knuckleheads all the time because yeah, cool. they they have the best blues bands down there i'd like ever. to get back down there I, todd and scott and myself Deidre, we all went down there last year to a concert and uh, I like that place. Who, who, who do we there. see, Kurt? Richie Kotzen. There you Richie go. Richie Kotzen. They're on tour now with the yeah. Winery Dogs. We had a great hey, time you know, the Winery Dogs are a pretty damn good band. Yeah, they're not coming to town either. They're yeah. not coming here? Mm-mm. They avoid our town, don't they? they? Not them. Everybody avoids our town. I see the Black Keys. Why is that? We got a bad promoter that doesn't appreciate rock and roll. So... The Black Keys will be at um, the Starlight. They're going to play Starlight. Yeah, Black August twenty fifth. Quite a ways out. But. Here, here's what Cole said, Scott. I've said this for thirty years. Free entrance in for the drivers and cars on open trailers. If I promote Absolutely. it, he said. Late models, Hall of Famer uh, Tom Nisbeth, always pulled with an open trailer. No kid ever said, Dad, let's go to the races after seeing a plain black or white enclosed trailer. Nobody ever says that. And you know the expense of what that is to uh, operate one of those big uh, semi-trucks, or some of them's got toter homes, and uh, the, 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 the expense that it takes to even one of those things on the Kirk, road, let alone the racing. I mean, forget about what it costs to race, Kirk. You but know what it costs to operate one of those big uh, rigs. You know the cost of it. <laughs> it's a lot. Because we I don't know how these guys can afford to do it. We've trucked up and down the road with our RV with a trailer behind it for many years. Yeah, didn't we? 
I don't know how these guys can afford to do it. No. And the open trailer is a lot less expensive, especially if you are not traveling a lot and you're just going to your local racetrack or just a few miles down the road. Or if you got a garage when you get home, you can put yeah. your rig into the garage. But it, it is a necessary thing to have if you're uh, on these big touring series like the World of Outlaws, the Lucas Lake. No, Model you've got to have that. You got to have that yeah, yeah. because that you're out on the road. You you got to have a shop to operate out of and carry all your parts and pieces. Frog down just the road. checked in. Chris Yance just checked in. Uh, it looks like they're going to get this show in at Farmer City tonight. It's raining where we're at right now, but. Uh, so far, so good at getting that Lucas Oil late model uh, feature, the 74 it's, lap it, feature, and uh, B main in tonight at Farmer City. It's raining its ass off right yeah. here, right now. Here in Kansas City, it is. It's chilly out there, too. So It's it, it's only supposed to get up to 64 today, right? You know, it's so strange. You know, we had those. That, it, was nine, it was 84 yesterday. It was 92 degrees out there at Kansas Speedway on that Sunday race. Man, that was a great weekend. It was so good out there. It People, was such a great weekend. I don't think I've had a better time at Kansas Speedway than I had yeah, this the last, past. The uh, best time, I mean, that was the second weekend. best time. The best time would have been when yeah. I first went, when I had my own personal ticket and I wasn't working. Right. And that was probably the only other time I had a better weekend was when I was just sitting out there and, and enjoying it. It was the best. It was great all weekend. It the was weather, a great weekend. The weather worked good. We had good racing. Uh, nobody got hurt. It was, you know, and then we... Then we had the drama mama on pit road afterwards. So, you know, I mean. You know, NASCAR's had two great weekends in a row. Absolutely. Darlington this weekend, they had a great weekend for right. all the fans down there. They got North Wilkesboro coming up this weekend at the for the All-Star race. So NASCAR's on a pretty good roll right now. Right, no doubt. What did you guys think? What would you, you think of that race this weekend? Yeah. Cup yeah, race. Was, I don't think it was as good as what we saw out of Kansas Speedway because the track's not as wide. But it, it still provided a lot of action out on the racetrack. And that's what we're looking for, action. A lot, lot of a carnage. a lot of things to talk about when it's over. And yeah. Darlington provided that this week. A lot of carnage. Darlington is still one of my favorite racetracks. I love the Southern 500 over Labor Day weekend. And uh, uh, I've been there before. It, it's just a great place. Were you kind of pulling for Kevin Harvick a little well, bit? I was. I was. Time. Yeah. At that la at the end, I was like, "This is this chance. This is it. Right. Like, we're going to get a win on." I, I really, and I kind of dug all the throwback stuff. That, you know, all the hall, all, all the cars were decked out in throwback, and even a John Force. Did you see the John Force car out there? We had a drag car out there painted like John Force. Uh -uh. Can't remember who that was. They mentioned it a couple times. Who was that, Kirk? That had the I can't remember John Force pit scheme because they were even saying even Clint Boyer says, "I don't know if we're drag racing or if we're." Dirt track racing yeah. or what out here? We even got a John Force car. How about Carl Edwards being in the booth? How about Carl Loved Edwards? It. I thought it was great. He great maybe to see Carl back. He kind of mentioned during a presser that he might come back. He He's not ruling it he out. He even out. made a comment in the booth yesterday. If I ever come back, I'm going to do it this. You know which. Leads me to believe that he's not ruling out the possibility of coming Listen, back. If Carl sometime. Edwards comes back, he will be one of the favorites of all people. He, he, he listen, Carl Edwards is such a good guy. Just nice, let, 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 nice let guy. me let, let me tell you a little story about Carl Edwards. 
Carl Edwards drove my super truck. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. That that's he, one of my he he, he, great dro- he he drove it one time for me. He won the World Cup 100 yeah. in, in my super truck. Took out the whole field on the first lap. I don't think I've ever seen anybody drive I-70 Speedway, the old I-70 Speedway, harder than Carl did in your truck that day. He, I mean, that was he burned up my motor. <laughs> just so you know. Uh he said it got a miss there late in the race, and I was afraid it, the motor was going to go, and he burned a piston in my motor. We had a new carburetor on there. And so just so you know, Clint Boyer drove my ARCA car. He drove it at Nashville Super Speedway. Right. He drove it at Charlotte. He drove my modified at at I-70 Speedway, qualified second. In my modified, and it was hard to get Clint Boyer to ever say my name on the air, wasn't it, Kirk? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. What'd you What'd you do to tick him off? Uh, I I, I probably did a little ash chewing. <laughs> but without you and that Arca car, he wouldn't have gotten where he is today in the booth at. He, he might. He might be just <laughs> another dirt track driver. You helped him along the way. But yeah. let me say this. Every time that Carl Edwards addressed me, whenever I'd ask him a question, he would always say, I drove for this guy. He had the nicest equipment, and he always went on and on and on yep. about driving my super truck. He did. And that's what. Didn't he? And that's what. Pissed, Every time, didn't he? That's what kind of pissed me off that. Somebody else didn't. It always kind of gave me an irky feeling. Well, let let so, me uh, let me let me be fair. I mean, I understand what happened. So he was he did an interview. Clint Boyer did with Steve Letarte, and he told the entire story about racing for me, and he he told the whole story, and he, and he kept going on about how I said I got a guy, I got a guy. And the guy was Trent Owens, NASCAR Cup crew chief right now. For uh, Justin Haley? It was his for Justin no, Haley. No, he's a uh, crew chief for uh, Trent Owens is crew chief right now for who? Um, Isn't it Justin Haley? Yeah, Justin yeah, Haley. for Spire. <clears throat> so, anyway, long story short is um, Carl Edwards always made sure that he took care of me yeah, in front absolutely. of everybody. Absolutely. Every inter- we interviewed. I, I mean, shouldn't. I, I shouldn't tell this story. Uh, it, 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 let me. Ah, go ahead. Let me tell you tell the, the podcast. Let, let, let me tell you the story about one time. So I I hired a guy with a real nice fancy rig to tow my car down to Charlotte so we could race down there. So we'd look like one of the big teams, right? So the guy never once looked at the car in the trailer to make sure it was tied down good. The car came loose. The car busted the nose in the trailer. I remember that. Remember that? Yep. And I remember Chris, Clint's dad, Saying, what the hell were you thinking about, Scott, bringing down that car in that trailer? 
I said I was trying to make us look good. There's a lot on the line for everybody here. My team, uh, me being an owner, he says, no, this is all about Clint. That's what he said to me. And let me tell you something. I blew a gasket. I said, this isn't all about Clint. This is all about everything. And long story short is, I chewed ass like you can't believe. Trent Owens showed up. He said, Scott, we can fix the nose of this car. And we ended up fixing the nose on the car. And we ran in the top five all night long, if you remember right, Kirk. At Charlotte. At Charlotte. And Richard Childress was watching. Well, no, Childress was watching it at Nashville. And so, anyway, long story short is is that when when the that race was over, we were running fifth, and Trent Owens told Clint to stay out because there was a wreck. Christy Passmore had a wreck coming off of turn four. He said, stay out. We'll win this race. Clint Boyer come around, and when all the cars peeled off to go to the pits, he followed them. We would have won that race if he would have stayed out. And the rest is history. Kirk Shelberdine <laughs> won that race. He was running 13th at the time. He ended up winning that race. Yep, I, re- I remember that. And the, the Mario Goslin won the race in Nashville. And Clint looked like he, he was going to maybe pull that off. Yeah. That, that was on national TV. Yeah. I never will forget watching that race. And how nervous I was as a fan sitting back here in Kansas City watching that. Uh, he might just pull this off. Right. But Richard Childress told you, and I saw it with my own two eyes, he puts his arm around you and he says, Clint owes you a lot. Because he, 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 he thought that Gerhardt owned the car. <laughs> he did. At that time, he thought, well, I thought that was Bobby Gerhardt's car because it was the number five. I said, I said, no, I rented the number from him. And that's when Richard said, hey, that's when he put his arm around and said, Clint owes you a lot. Right. He said if it wasn't for that race, I wouldn't have hired him. But nonetheless, through all that history you've had with both Clint Boyer and Carl Edwards. And, was, Rick, and Rick Beebe. Yeah. It was great to see the race yesterday with Clint and Carl together in the booth. Thinking about all of those times that. Do you that remember you the race that I took him to Moberly? Yep. Do you remember that race? I remember. I was there. Carl Edwards beat Clint Boyer yep. in my modified, and later down the road, Carl told me that they were cheating. They had a big carburetor on it. Yeah. You remember, I remember that? that? Yeah. I remember one other time uh, Carl Edwards showed up at Moberly. This is f- to watch his brother race. And, Kenny. Uh, at, yeah, Kenny. And at that time, Carl had his license, and he was flying airplanes at that time. And Carl had to leave early that night so he could get back to Martinsville in time for the cup race the next day. 
And when Carl took off from the Moberly Airport, he did a low buzz over the top of the racetrack on his way to Martinsville. I never will forget that. Carl's a good guy, man. We got Trenton ready whenever you're ready. Yeah, we we miss Carl out there, but it was it was great to see him on TV yesterday. That 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 was the highlight of my day watching the race yesterday as Carl Edwards. Maybe we can get Carl on the show. I think we could probably line that up. Why not? I don't know if he wants that happen. I don't know if he wants to be in the public eye or not. Do you think he wants to? I think if you called him up and asked him to come on your show, yes, he would do it. I think he would. I don't have his number, though. Well, you can find that out. Right. He lives over here in Columbia, not far down the road. Not far down the road. Well, this guy that we just called just now always answers the phone. We got Trenton Barry anytime you're ready to go. All right. Let's bring on our next guest. Trenton Barry from RacingDirt.com. Trenton, how you doing, buddy? Hey, well, how's uh, how's things? Well, we've we've been on a roll here talking about um, Clint Boyer and Carl Edwards. Did they, you see Carl in the booth uh, yesterday? Oh, wasn't that great? That was that was so awesome. Um, I just had somebody ask me about Carl the other day, and I said, "Man, I." I don't have a clue uh, what he's been up to or anything that's going on there. So that was awesome they had him on. I did not know ahead of time that he was going to be in there. I'm sure Fox probably put that out somewhere, but I, I didn't necessarily go look for that information either. But um, that was that was awesome for uh, that part of the race. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, the history that our Scott Trailer here has with both of those guys, Clint Boyer and Carl Edwards, oh, yeah. to see them together in the booth yesterday. And I, I've witnessed all this because I've been around long enough to see Carl Edwards when he drove out here at I-70 Speedway in Scott's truck at that World Cup that one time and Clint Boyer driving that ARCA car back in the day. And to see those two guys together in the booth yesterday was the highlight of my day watching the races yesterday. I had pretty good equipment, didn't I, yeah. Kurt? <clears throat> you know, there, there's a there's a race coming up in August out there at I-70. You know, if Carl just had that itch still, I'm, I have no doubt we could find him a race car. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, Carl Edwards, the big news that he made yesterday, he's not ruling out the possibility he might come back and drive a car sometime. Sorry. So I, so I've already got it. You got, you guys, you guys have any guesses? I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here. He, he needs, he, he's Carl's a little crazy. So he needs to go join the other crazy that's on the tour. Uh, Daniel Suarez needs to probably go around Xfinity and, uh, Carl, Carl needs to go back and run the 99, but this time for track house. Do, do you think he could still get it done? Oh, I bet so. Don't you? Don't you think? Oh, yeah, no doubt. He looks like he's I mean, been I, working I out he even more than he, he looks like he's been working out more than he was when he was driving a car. He looks pretty fit to me. You know, and he he was one of those, too. Like, even, even if he's given up a little since, you know, when he would have been what would have been considered in his prime. He he was so good. You know, there's a lot of those guys out there that unfortunately they don't they don't have anything to give up. Like uh, Ryan Newman, who we saw this weekend, is, is one of them. But um, Carl Carl was so good. He could he could even give up a little bit. Still. How how old is jump. Carl Edwards now? Do we know? What is he? I bet he's is he forty? What forty? I, I don't have my phone in front of me. I'd, I'd ask it. Yeah, I, I can look that up, but I'm just guessing 45 years sure. old. 45, you think? Is that too old? I'll look that up. 
43 years old. You know, that's when drivers he can, start he, start he giving go, it up, though. Have, he could go have him run for four or five years. He, he could sign one more contract. I think so. With a good team. I, I wouldn't, if I was Carl, he's, he's got nothing to prove. To anybody. I wouldn't go drive junk if I was him. But he, he could sign one. If he could get with somebody like Trackhouse, I mean, he'd have to really. I mean, that, that would be, that'd be pretty legit. Hey, listening to him yesterday, Trenton, don't you think he misses it? He sure talks like he does. Boy, sure seems. You know, he was the biggest thing about Carl was I always enjoyed listening to Carl because he he made me smarter about racing, and he he always said things. And so many of those guys, it's just, oh yeah, car's good. We just we got to free it up a little bit, and uh, you know, pick up a little speed in the corner, and got to take care of the tires, and have a little luck, and then just they just sit there and verbal diarrhea yourself to death. <laughs> right, Carl, what I. What I really appreciated about Carl was he he always said things, and I, I didn't feel like my time was being wasted, and uh, I always appreciated that about him a lot. Right, Kevin Harvick's forty-seven. I I don't think that it's a problem. I with Carl. I mean, Kevin Harvick's forty-seven. Carl Carl Edwards being forty-three. He hasn't raced well. I think he he can put he can race three. He more. would be motivated. He would be. He's he's not like he's not old. I mean, Kevin Harvick's. 47 years old i mean i understand that's this is his last year and he under, but carl's a relatively young kid man 43 you know and that's what's so oh, shocking great. when he announced his re- sudden retirement in 2016 is what he had to do to sacrifice to get to where he was he was willing to do anything yeah. to get there and then the the way he suddenly retired was shocking to everybody yeah it was yeah for sure i was i was floored when he retired and i I couldn't see him getting out of the seat that good, you know, as well. I mean, that's stuff that people dream to have a ride that good. It's just he just waved the white flag and, all right, I'm gone. He, he, he's a lot like uh, Jim Brown, right? Retired yeah. early. Yeah. 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 Well, I think his that's wife very, very, I think his wife had a lot to do with it. She's a doctor. I think she, you know, it was when Junior was getting banged up and all that. All that. Yeah. I think she kind of stepped in. and. Well, we don't know that. Carl wasn't yeah, we don't play know. in the field a little bit, too. At the time. How do you know that? I don't know. I'm just saying that I just know for a fact that when he got married and she, all that was going down and he started buying up all that land out there. and You know, he was buying up big property out there with all that money and stuff. I knew he acted like back then, now nah, he was done because of he didn't want any chances of getting hurt, you know. He got out with his money. And so my... Uh... My my brother, um, it's a funny story talking about Carl Edwards. Um, my brother's a works for a fiber contractor, and he's a he's a lineman, and went to uh, electrical school at Lynn. There, just on the other side of Jefferson City. And anyway, he's working for a company there in Central Missouri. And uh, he, I was at my mom's house yesterday. Happy Mother's Day, right? So I, I thought I'm better go spend a little time with my mom yesterday. So anyway, my brother was there. He goes, hey, I. Uh, he goes, I was by his house the other day. I'm like, what in the world? He goes, yeah. He said, he said, I seeded and strawed his ditch. He said we had we had to lay some fiber in the ditch out out by his house. I said for him. He goes, no, we were just passing through. I said, well, <laughs> I should have asked him if he, if he planned on racing again. He goes, well, I, I didn't see him. He's like, I just I just saw his house. Right. So, anyway, I thought I thought that was kind of that was kind of funny. My brother coming in there timely to advance the story yesterday was certain something I didn't expect. Hey, Trenton, let's talk a little bit about Peyton Phillips picking up the win down at Humboldt. How about that? Yeah, that's cool. He's uh, 
he's a good racer in that area, has has been for a lot of years and um, has, has gotten some new equipment in the last couple of years. He didn't go out this year, but the year before he went out to the Wild West shootout. Uh, you know he's he's always raced at a, at a pretty good level, but I think he's I think he stepped up his uh, stepped up his program here in the last couple of years. So uh, that was that was cool to see him get that job done. And uh, need to see uh, need to see Humboldt rolling too. And uh, Bo, by the way, Tim Curry can still win a race. Yeah, that's cool too. I was I was so pumped for him uh, to get that done. Obviously, we you know we talked him there at that high limit race. Uh, he he came in the booth there and talked to all of us. You guys you know there too and. Um, he, you know, Carrick just—he's just a riot all the time, and uh, it's—I uh, don't—I don't even know is this Lakeside really even exist if Carrick can't hey, 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 do in a year. You know, they only had seven cars. I don't want. I'm not, listen. I'm not throwing. I live in a glass house. I'm not throwing stones. I'm ah. glad he got the job done. That's cool. Hey, yeah. listen. And it was a great finish too. He barely held off Nick Bittinger there at the end. This is yeah. a this is a topic that we've talked about here earlier in the show, and and, and I want to bring it up with you. I say oh, get perfect. This, this will be great. Get away from one of the stock car classes. Get rid of the Grand Nationals. Get rid of the A mods, and bring in a ULMA type late model. What do you think about that? You probably have even less. It's a sad reality. I mean, it's not not like that's a super booming car count either. You know, I don't even know there's that many around. I mean, that's several in Central Missouri, but I, around Kansas City, I mean, is there even ten of them out there? Lake, uh, listen, Lake. I doubt there is. Lakeside was a late model racetrack back in the day. Just so you know it, back in the '80s and even in the '90s when it was pavement, it was a it was a late model track. You know what my dad told me one yep. time, Scott Trailer. What he said, things are. Everybody complains that well, it's not like it used to be. Well, you know what, things are never like they used to be. Right. And never will be. Right. That you trying to recreate the '80s, it's never going to happen. It could happen, Kurt. I mean that that forty thousand dollar purse for SLMR two weeks ago brought thirty three cars. The, no, I don't, the, I mean. Listen, Lakeside's most popular time ever is when it had three classes. Oh, yeah. They put more butts yeah. in the seats at Lakeside when they had three classes. And that's the truth. Race, I, I'm with you on that one. was better than two. Though. I mean, yeah. racing was stronger. There was more participation than there is now. People don't want to stay there until uh, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. They want to get out of there about 10, 10.30 and get home, go to bed, get up, and do all their weekend work at their house over the weekend. Well, you, you'd have to agree yes. with this, Trenton. You, you, this day and age, you better deliver the goods because the, the competition for yeah. the entertainment dollar, uh, people's expectations are way higher now for their entertainment than they've ever been. And the bottom line is you got to deliver the goods. Yeah. And we're in kind of a hard spot too, because you know, we were, our industry was like the first thing back from COVID. So we got the boom when nobody else was there. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people got used to that, you know, my, myself included that like, Holy smokes, this is, this is amazing. And now I think we're just kind of back to where, Kind of back where we probably were, or where, you know, would have been without a once in a once in a lifetime event <laughs> taking place to to basically change the world. So uh, it's uh, 
I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm glad for what we have. I'm I'm not smart enough to fix it. They're not going to listen to to one person, e- even if I was. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people got a lot more money in this thing than I do that uh, are are smart people. So I'm with you. I wish there was a pitfall in every single class at every track in America, but the unfortunate reality is that's not the world we live in. Well, just so you know, I am glad I'm out of that business. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, uh, we, we don't, you know, the USMTS taking a couple of weeks off here. You'll be back in action coming up Memorial Weekend, but were you able to watch any of the late model racing this weekend? Uh, had a big event at Fairbury this weekend. Farmer City yeah. looks like it's still on for tonight, but, man, this Fairbury racetrack, is the, that's on my bucket list. I keep saying this all the time, but that place just never disappoints. Yeah, and I watched I watched the first part of that Fairbury deal. I was fighting I was at a function and I was I was fighting internet, not the stream, but it was on, on my side. And no I didn't email and no I didn't demand my money back. I just dealt with it because I knew it was my problem. Anyway. So <clears throat> sound like old wounds right there, I'm sorry. Uh but uh I, I caught the first part of it. I didn't get to watch J Main, but I heard it was really good. Uh, but so we're going to just take a minute here and, and just gush on Fairbury a little bit more. Um, one of the greatest promoters that I've ever seen, Matt Curl, owns and runs that place. And he is he is phenomenal in every single aspect of his job. Um, that guy should be the promoter of the year every year because he, he is, I, I feel like he's, I feel like he's the best promoter in the sport right now, to, to be totally honest. Um I was at that place before their multi-million dollar uh, renovations that they did, that they privately funded, um, and and raised capital. And to see what they've done since then is, is out of this world. That is a racing market unlike any I've ever been to, and that racetrack is always on point. So uh, that didn't surprise me whatsoever that they uh, they had this successful race. And that for all for all the late model racing they've done too. That's the first time the Lucas Oil Series had ever raced there, so that was that was pretty neat as well. Yeah, is Matt Curl? Has he prepped the racetrack himself too, or and that track is always no. Good. They got a so they got a they got a couple guys. Um, gosh dang it, and their names are escaping me. I spend ten days with them because they go out and do the Wild West Shootout. It's uh, it's Chad Chad Bowman, and um, and he's got another guy, uh, Lewis Lewis uh, Breed. Breedman, Lewis Breedlove, Lewis Breedman, Chad, Chad and Lewis do this, the, the racetrack, and um, do a, a terrific job with it. And it's it's a lot of what has has shown a lot of why that Wild West shootout's been so good is the same same people. So yeah, um, they just they just rare, they just hardly ever miss. You know, nobody's going to hit it 100 percent of the time, but they just rarely miss, and that's so valuable. <laughs> You know, yeah. you can sell all the tickets in the world and have all this, but you don't you don't keep back in the stands unless you're known for putting on a killer show, and they're known for putting on a killer show because the racetrack's on point, and that that showed us showed us uh, showed the colors there Saturday. Well, there's nobody that knows how to maneuver that high side around Fairbury better than Bobby Pierce, and he proved that oh, by yeah. pocketing that thirty thousand no dollar prize yeah. the other night. Hudson O'Neill, I think. He hit a clot. You think, Scott, he hit a clot of dirt or something that I, turned I, him up I, into I the wall? I think he hit a big clump of dirt and just ripped the nose off of his card. What would you think about that, Austin? You didn't see it. Yeah, it just uh, 
Did you see it? Stuff, you know, I didn't. I didn't. But if you you screw your nose up on these cars, even these little tracks, you're you're done for. That you can't. Right. They can't function. And those guys will tell you that you know the things are so aero dependent that anything that manipulates that nose is, is going to make it hard to be. Successful. Well, it got manipulated in a big way when he pounded that wall after yeah. he got turned up into it. The car got up so in the, the air and got sideways. I thought he was going to go over at that point in the race, but uh, that, that that was a pretty tough way to end for Hudson O'Neill. Yeah, with uh, a Bobby couple Pierce laps left. came away with the big money. With two laps left. Yeah. yeah. A couple two. other guys that will they'll rip the top there. Uh, and, I, again, I didn't, I didn't see the A-man. I haven't seen any highlights of it. But, but Bab is historically very good at Fairbury. Uh, right up at the top, uh, Shepard is, is tremendous um, running right up against the wall as well. And one that you might not think about, but that he's just good everywhere, and, and JD's won. He's won a couple of Dirt Classics. He's won at least one. I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn. I know he's won at least one there, but um, pretty pretty formidable at uh, Fairbury too. But man, those guys out of Central Illinois, Bab Bab Shepard and Pierce are they're pretty tough customers when it comes to that place. And Mike Harrison in the modified. I didn't see if Mike won the mod race. I know he was there, but. Man, he'll uh, he'll get up there and punish the wall as well. And, hey, and one other guy that uh, that show. we need to mention is Dennis Herb Jr., who was in the mix the other night. Yeah. Both he and Shannon Babb got taken out when uh, Hudson O'Neill tried to pull a slide job down on the inside, and uh, Babb and Herb got taken out at the same time. But Dennis Herb Jr. knows how to get around that place, too. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he does, and that's you know that's not too far from from where Ian Dennis up around the Chicago area, and so you're just about a oh about an hour and a half probably from from downtown or so, uh, give or take a little bit uh, when you're at Fairbury. So that that's the place Dennis had raced at a bunch too. Um, Trenton, you guys are going to have some live pay per view this weekend at West Texas Raceway and uh, Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Tell us about those two yeah. tracks. So we got we got the arms race coming, and that's we work with Race on Texas on that arms series, and they're actually um, they're staffing that trip out to West Texas. I appreciate them doing that one because we don't nobody really has anybody close in that area, but that is the that's the plan. And Mississippi Thunder thought we were going to get get to race there and have a season opener last weekend, but it just rained a little too much and, and rained a little late to be able to get that done. But they had a they had a crazy thing there at Fountain City last week, and we, and we didn't scream it. It was the first time ever, but they had uh, flat-track motorcycles, and they said quads, too. I didn't see any four-wheeler pictures, and, and we weren't there. But um, they had, like, close to 300 entries for this flat-track uh, motorcycle event, which was just nuts. So, anyway, I thought I thought that was kind of cool. They had never done anything like that before there. But, yeah, Fountain City coming up this weekend. Hopefully get the season started, which will be awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had we had a whole bunch of things scheduled, a whole bunch of regional and local races scheduled last week. And we got 81 Speedway in, and we lost basically everything else. And, um, had rain at Deer Creek. Thought Deer Creek had a shot to get in, too, but but just couldn't couldn't get in it in last week either. So right, right. Racing in the north is getting ready to pick up, and that's such a, a vital part of what we do. Um, one more thing we did we did announce the, that Doug Murphy <laughs> Memorial is coming up the week after Memorial Day weekend at Arklatex Speedway, and it's it's went through a few different versions over the years, but 
um, we we got our agreement in place to carry that. That's an arms race this year, and uh, I was I was proud to be able to title sponsor that race from from racing dirt standpoint. And it was something something we we called and reached out about, and uh, that that race was means a lot to, to both Sick and I. We um we we put that deal in place to do that back in 2014. You know, right when we first started streaming races, and so um, we didn't we didn't really do much. Um, you know, hunting for races, and that was one that we we seeked out to uh, try to see if it, it could come our direction. And anyway, the, the family's been so good to us, and the racetracks changed ownership, so there's new hands there. But um, the family's been very instrumental in, in helping us over the years. So I was cool to make. I was I was proud to make that announcement, and I think that's going to be a, a neat thing for the event. So uh, are you at Deer Creek this weekend too? Um. Well, so. We stream all but their special events. To be honest with you, I haven't seen if if, if it's a weekly race. Yes, we will we will be there. So I probably should have already had that intel, but I uh, I did not did not have that. Um, let's let's take a look here and see at the old Deer Creek. We will as long as it's a, a weekly event. So yeah, um, six o'clock. Yeah, May twentieth. Yeah, so we'll be there. Yeah. We're looking at a little. Hey, you know, I, I know, I, I noticed that you guys have done the Dirt Life with uh, Dustin Sorensen. Uh, it's a three-part series. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. We, so we did we did a few different ones last year, just kind of getting our feet wet, wet with them. And that's Tyler Rinkin's pet project, and he and Josh Mathis coordinate on that. And Josh handles a lot of the GoPro footage for those. Um, we've got another one. So Memorial Day weekend, we're going to do our first one for this year. We never put a set amount on, on, you know, what, what those would entail. And if they were one episode or two or three, and it all just kind of depends on the content that comes back. Um, there's no set, set length on any of them, but anyway, that's a, that's a Tyler Lincoln project. And it's cool to show a different perspective. I've, I've really enjoyed them and the racers have, uh, that we've done, we've done two or three different ones, and they've they've all been very receptive to us. So that's been a neat thing. They've been pretty well received. Um, it's nice to be able to show the other side of what what that life is, you know, and and what what those guys go through, and that, you know, they're just just normal people like everybody else that buys tickets and goes to watch the race. So um, they're pretty fun. There's a whole section there on the site with with all the dirt lights that are there. Uh, we're planning a few more this year. It's nothing we're ever, you know, we'll never just overload people with them, but, but we'll try to do try to do a handful of different drivers in a season. Hey, uh, I was thinking about you the other night, Trenton, when I was watching the Country Music Awards. Uh, you, you brought up the name. Oh, yeah, I watched them. You brought up the name Cody Johnson to me here uh, a couple yeah. of years ago, and uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking about you when he said, hey, I – uh, what are you wearing here? I, he was on the red carpet. He said, "I'm just wearing my, the, my work clothes." You know, this is oh, this great. is who I am. He said too. He he uh, he paid tribute to Willie Nelson, and one of those lines he said he said, "Mama, don't let your cowboys grow up to be babies." And then he yeah. said, "I meant what I said." That was incredible. Oh, he's so he's so good. He uh, he's uh, he's terrific. I'm a huge fan. Still am a huge fan. Who was like that? Who, who, who was the country singer that we uh, had on our show out at Kansas Speedway? Who was that? Cole Swindell. Cole Swindell. Yeah, uh, we he, had him on our had, uh, pre, had pre-race show one day. 
Yeah. He yeah. got himself a night there. He he won he won a few awards there at the, the ACMs too, so that was cool to see. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for good country music, Kirk. I always have been. You and I have always shared that that love for <clears throat> that that genre. So Laney Wilson, that's another that's another name that uh everybody's yeah, talking yeah. about right now. Oh mm. yeah, she's she's tremendous, isn't she? I uh I feel like country music is, uh, and of course, you know, everybody's going to have their era and genres, and you know, people say, "Well, I don't, I don't like what's now," and I get, I, I appreciate everybody's opinion on it, but I do feel like, as far as current country music goes, I think, I think the format is, I think the format is in a lot better place than it was, say, ten or fifteen years ago. I really, there's some, there's some good new acts that are coming out, and yep. I feel like they're. I feel like they're putting out songs about real life. You know, country music was always uh, storytelling, and yeah, some of yes, some of it's kind of simple and 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 whatever. But that's that's a lot of what what that that life is, and and a lot of people seek seek that out for their their entertainment. And mm-hmm. I just I felt like it kind of had lost their way as far like just the quality yeah. of songs for a lot of years just really sucked. But I'm I'm proud. I think I think we're in a good a good spot with it all. I'll tell you, say we. I think, hey, do you I ever listen? Everybody you, likes it's in a good spot. Do you ever listen to Palladia? Palladia, I have a concert channel. Uh, no, it's a yeah. It, I have. It's a music uh, station that you can put in your own channels, and they play about five songs, and then they run two commercials, and then they play five more okay. songs. And you can put well, in I'm, you can put in your favorite artist, and they'll play that favorite artist about every five songs. Oh, that's cool! No, yeah. I don't. I didn't know that. I I knew that it had been a concert channel on TV. I had seen that, but it's, it's been a long time. I um, I'm usually if I don't listen to one of our local local country stations, um, that that group that I um, do some sports radio for, they own, they own a country station in our market here, and I. I listen to it quite a bit. They they do a really good job, and then I you know listen to Sirius XM and on my app on the, the Sirius app. Right, and I know Usually. you're a big fan of Ashley McBride too. I am too. Oh yeah, what that gal? She's she's unbelievable. Um, she is a tremendous singer, storyteller. She's a great songwriter. Uh, what, what the only the only thing I don't like about Ashley McBride was. She played a concert here in Springfield about two months ago, and I was so busy the night that it was there. I didn't even have a shot to go, and I was just disgusted at myself that I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't make that work. But hey, yeah, huge huge fan of her as well. Hey, do you watch The Voice? Yes, yeah, some. I don't I don't watch every episode, but yes, I've I've watched it a lot of years, and I've watched a lot of American Idol too. Uh, they've got some great singers on there this year, don't they? Yeah, yeah, boy, they do. I'm. You know what I'm gonna miss about the voice? I, Blake Shelton has proven to be just a just an American superstar, and I think you know he was a pretty good country singer and well known when he took that job with the Voice. But that thing just catapulted him to the next level. I'm I'm gonna really miss uh, Blake not being on that show after this year. What yeah. do you do? Just get tired of doing it? No, he's he's done after I, this year. Yeah, just just done. He's but he's he's been on it since the very beginning. He's the only one left that started. Um, you know when they started, he's. Hey, him and Carson Daly that hosts the show. So, who do you think is uh, is more attractive, his first wife, Miranda Lambert, or <laughs> or, or 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 um, his second wife? That's easy, Miranda. 
is this is this the mostly part of mostly motorsports? Have I, have I ventured off into the mostly? You're, you're <laughs> in the mostly part right now. I'm in the mostly. I don't. I don't really care either. Whatever. No, I don't. Uh, Quinn, I don't Quinn Stefani, it, it, it does it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I saw okay. her in concert at Iowa Speedway last year. Yeah. She was a pre-race concert, and cool. I could have stayed for the Blake Shelton concert, but Trenton, I had to leave right after that IndyCar race to make the A main at I-80 for the final Silver Dollar Nationals at I-80. So I didn't stay around to watch Blake Shelton because I had to get to Greenwood, Nebraska. There you go. You had your priorities. Had my priorities. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've yeah. still not yeah, seen yeah. Blake Shelton in concert ever. Yeah. He played so he played a free show there in Kansas City about 15 years ago at the uh downtown there at the, the live stage and uh I didn't quite catch all of it but caught caught most of it. I never will I forget never he, he played time. a free concert yeah. out there at uh at, at that country bar right. out there in Grain Valley too. At at uh, Whiskey oh, Tango's. Yeah. Yeah, whiskey yeah. Tango. It's hey, not it's not Whiskey Tango anymore. It's not. Mm-mm. I remember a free concert that you and Ashley and I went to one night. Eric Church. Yeah. Yeah, I he, remember he that very well. Pretty good at the mu- Yeah, he, he turned out to be pretty good at the music, didn't he? After yeah, that. no doubt. At the Power and Light Holy District, smokes. he performed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I watched Chris Young down there too, and then you and I, you and yeah. I went out there to Grain Valley and watched watch Chris Young again. Yes, sir. He's 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 put together a nice career as well. Uh, extremely talented. You you pegged him from the outset, and uh, man, you were hundred percent spot on. And you know what? He was in town the other night, and I didn't go. Uh, I went to Central Missouri Speedway uh, to watch the late models instead. Right. Hey, Trenton, what do you got coming up on? Uh, coming up on racing dirt, you, you want to? Yeah, do a little pimping a right now. Right here. So it's we're we hit kind of a lull here this these couple weeks. To be totally honest with you, but got a couple races there. Um, I'm working. We're working on some administration stuff. You know. Crappy stuff on the back end of the the business here this last little bit. It's nice to be able to catch our breath, but um, getting geared up for Deer Creek here in, in a week and a half, I guess, basically now, just over a week and a half. Um, we'll leave on the, the Wednesday, not this week, but next week, and uh, uh, or not this next week, but the one after. So um, it's it's going to be a big one. That's the first time that they've ever raced three days of Memorial Weekend. We've always had a Saturday night race there with the USMTS, but now we're going to get to be there three nights. That's that's awesome. So we're going to run a 3, 5, and 10 Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, then we'll go to, to uh, West Union, Iowa, uh, Fayette County Speedway. Sorry, name of the track escaped me there for a minute. But going to West Union, Iowa to wrap the weekend up. So four days, four USMTS races there, just boom, 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 boom. Uh, it's going to make for a pretty, pretty quick Memorial Day weekend for all of us. Uh, be out on the road again, but. It's good, man. We um, we went to that Mel Hamilton Ford production van, that Ford Transit, and it's it's made our life so much easier at these events. And, uh, it's really it's really enhanced our product. I feel like I don't I don't want to set to our own horn or anything, but um, I I feel like I feel like we're able to I feel like we're able to work better and just be better at our jobs, just have, being able to be set up a little bit better. So that's been a nice change this year, and that's that's kind of what we got coming up here. So a couple races this weekend. Obviously, Fountain City and Deer Creek are always uh, super well attended and viewed, even for their weekly events, and, and should have great fields there. I, I expect Deer Creek probably have a stellar modified field this week um, with everybody, at least locally and in the region there, gearing up to get a few laps before the USMTS show the next week. Yeah. 
Trenton, we always thank you for coming on board with us each and every week, man. We appreciate it. We always like talking USMTS stuff. We can't thank you enough yeah, no for, problem. for coming on with us each and every week, buddy. It's all good. We can uh, even if even if I didn't have to go to any races, we can still find something to yak about. That's right. It, it, it's it's <laughs> mostly motorsports. We can talk about anything. Well, right. you're you're pretty good with the, right. uh, talking about the Chiefs too, so we like that. Right. Oh yeah, my team. I haven't had much news out of them here since the draft, but that's that's okay. They're saying they're saying our receivers pretty good, so I, I like. I like people that tell me, uh, the reporters, I like the reporters this time of year that tell me what I want to hear. So right. whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. They, they've seen them, so they say they're good. That's good enough for me. I, th- I think that Rice is going to be a good receiver. Yeah, man, I, they're, they're sure talking like he is. Yeah, so, no hopefully. doubt. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Trent. Appreciate you. See you guys. Same right. travels, Trent. There you have it, Trent Barry from RacingDirt.com. You can check them out this weekend. They're going to be racing at uh, West Texas Raceway. And Mississippi Thunder Speedway. And, uh, you know, I he and I like that country music, too. So, I, you know, chit-chat about that every now and then. Country music. <laughs> hey, I like rock and roll. I like blues. I'm upset that there's not more rock and roll acts coming to town. I wish there were. Todd, you think it's the promoter that's causing all that issue? They're just not. Uh, they're just not that mid-level. We don't, don't have a good promoter. We just don't. I mean, I don't. I know. I'm sure it's a money thing, and I'm sure it's probably hard to promote that. You know, the bands out of the '90s and 2000s, but yeah, it's still there's a market for it. And I think there's been some good shows out at Sandstone or former Sandstone. I don't know what they call it now. Azul. The theater, I don't know. Did I see that right? Willie Nelson is going Absolutely. to be at Sandstone this Saturday? I think it's sold out, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it, it definitely, uh, and then Saturday, Kirk, I know you didn't go to that show out, to, out at the T-Bone. Yeah, or how the, big of a crowd they have for that? Woo, Ooh, big one. 7,000 people are out there all day. That'll fill that ballpark. It filled it, and the parking was hard to find out there. They it's charge twenty dollars to park, twenty bucks, and then a hundred dollars for your ticket. So they that's make a one lot of, the of money off. Why of I decided not to go? They they were charging a hundred dollars for the ticket plus twenty dollars to park, and now I said the, I think I'm going for I, the hundred dollars. I kind of get because it's an all day. It's one of those all day deals, and if you divide it by the amount of bands you saw, I get it because they've got to bring all their guys in. It ain't one. Two. I just didn't want to spend the whole day out. There I'm about. going to a bunch of concerts. I I bought a bunch of concert tickets here recently. I'm going to Rival Sons. Tedeschi Trucks, um, Government Mule, and um, there's another one I'm getting ready to go see. I think I'm going to go see um, Marcus King in Wichita. Wow. Mm-hmm. You, you have to travel to Wichita because the ticket prices were too high He's, in Kansas City, right? They, they, they show ticket prices for Marcus King out at Sandstone, $240. Ah, that's pricey. Too much. <laughs> That's think, a lot. You, you it's can fifty-one dollars to go to Wichita yeah. and see him. You can thank well, the promoters. You can, the gas money that you'd spend driving to Wichita would more than pay for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Yep, I, all, I agree. All right, guys. I appreciate everybody tuning in to uh, Mostly Motorsports today. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. You can see them down at Nevada on May twentieth. 
For Todd Surprise, for my partner Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Monday right here on Mostly Motorsports. industrial farming equipment or race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rod we don't just sell them we race them rod serving the racing community for over 30 years